I'm not a traditionalist for the sake of tradition. No, you know, I'm yeah. not. I'm not thinking. Oh, because it's old, therefore it's better. Yeah. Mm-mm. I have have an attitude that says, you know, it's more classically conservative, and that I want to conserve what is valuable yes. um, from the past rather than just thinking that what is new is better all the time. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Him Partial, the podcast where we talk all things church music. I'm Monet Funke. And I'm Cara Devereaux. And today we're talking to Greg de Bleak, a local hymn writer and leader of the new Scottish hymns band. We discuss the importance of simplicity in sung worship, Greg's own hymn writing process, and why folk music works so well for congregational singing. But first, we have a favor to ask. If you are a regular listener to our podcast, would you do us a huge favor and consider leaving a five-star review for us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast? That really helps grow our exposure to folks just like you who maybe have never heard of our show but would be eager to listen. Also, consider signing up for our free weekly newsletter or supporting this podcast financially on Kofi. Links for newsletter and our Kofi page can be found at himpartial.com. Head over to himpartial.com and consider supporting this podcast today. So, the new Scottish Hymns Band are a group of Christian musicians writing new worship songs for the church. They're led by the Glasgow hymn writer Greg DeBleek, and the band performs and leads worship in churches and venues around Scotland. They seek to expose and reignite the country's rich hymn writing tradition. The band have recorded three studio albums since 2012, plus a Christmas EP, as well as a collection of well-known hymns for churches to use in their broadcast services during the pandemic. The New Scottish Hymns Band is a ministry that seeks to bridge gaps in church music culture and to help the church reflect on her own wonderful reasons for singing. So to find out more, go to newscottishhymns.com. So really fun interview that we have for you guys today. Um, we, as, as we said in the intro, we're inter- are interviewing a guy named Greg. Um, we had them on our list of folks we wanted to interview for a while because they happen to be local here in Scotland. Um, and they support him music. What we didn't know is how local they were. Um, it turns out, uh, I'm neighbors with Greg. He lives right around the corner in the same city that I live in. So, uh, we, we actually were able just to walk around the corner to do this interview, um, in his, in his home studio. So that was really, really lovely. Got to meet his wife and just talk a lot about his heart for the church and his heart for him singing. Yeah, it was really great. And um, it was nice because he's also a Christian. So this is a little more uncommon. He's a Christian who has a background in folk music, mm-hmm. a bit like me, which was wonderful. It was nice to kind of chat a bit about that. And during the interview, he actually explains to us why folk music is so useful for congregational singing. And as I was listening, I was thinking, oh my goodness, this makes so much sense. I'd never thought of this before, but no spoilers. You'll have to just listen. You'll have to just listen. And for those of you who are subscribed to our newsletter, we actually have, uh, as, as usual, a bonus question for our uh, subscribers to hear first. And this week we get a special, you'll get a little tiny clip of Kara actually jamming out with Greg, which was really cool, just kind of spontaneous. Kara on the fiddle and Greg on the guitar. So that's some fun bonus features. But if you're not a subscriber, 
uh, sorry, you're going to have to wait who knows how long to actually see this content. Subscribers will get to see it first. Without further ado, here's our interview. Greg, thank you so much for inviting us into your studio. This is a first for us. I don't think we've been invited to uh, another studio. We're usually on Zoom or we're inviting folks over to ours. And so it's really nice to get out of... It's great to do it in person, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I'm, I'm really chuffed that you just live around the corner. Yeah, we're well. neighbors. That's really handy. <laughs> yes, indeed. We, we came over with our bags of gear and you, yeah. weren't, uh, you weren't put off uh, immediately. <laughs> so tell us a bit about yourself and new Scottish hymn band. Okay, so uh, the new Scottish hymns band is a group of gigging musicians um, based here in Glasgow mm -hmm. in Scotland. And we um, are all involved in different... Uh, worship music projects uh, involved with leading worship at our churches and mm -hmm. um, we're all just kind of professional players who uh, so I, I run a Keighley band and mm -hmm. so I've been doing that for 25 years now wow. and um, yeah all the other musicians who were involved have it do some kind of gigging work mm -hmm. that way so we're all Christians and we got together um, it's really uh, New Scottish Hymns is kind of my hymn writing project, although the th the, the whole thing started um, when we recorded an album in 2012 as part of a um, project for New Scottish Arts, which is a Christian uh, arts ministry in Scotland. Mm. And they wanted to get some hymns from some homegrown singer-songwriters. Wow. And... Uh, I kind of headed that up and we used a lot of my hymns and then I wanted to take it on as a kind of ministry and mm -hmm. um, build that and grow that and wow. stuff. So that's that's what we do now. And we just, now we, we write, uh, or I do most of the writing and uh, we tour uh, around Scotland and uh, we're doing some more gigs now down in England as well. Okay. Just going to churches and... Uh, sharing the songs, trying to encourage people with the truths that we find in scripture. So mm -hmm. that's really what we're all about. Yeah. How'd you guys all find each other? Oh, randomly. It's, <laughs> it's musicians. Musicians find each other. When, <laughs> usually it, it's when you need somebody to play a gig at the last minute when someone really? drops out and then you meet somebody that way. And uh, a lot of the musicians uh, were brought together through New Scottish Arts as well. And wow. Um, yeah, so it's it's hard to kind of pinpoint the yeah. exact um, point of connection, but yeah. Uh, yeah, we all we all play together in a variety of yeah circumstances. So. And is that like different tra traditions as well? Like, are you guys coming from like Christians coming from like Presbyterian and like yeah. you know you know uh, yes, Baptist charismatic or, yeah, or reformed? Yeah, or, yeah. Yep. Um, yes, yes. I mean, the church that I go to is St. Silas Church, and I'm a worship leader there. That is a, an Anglican okay. um, church. Mm -hmm. It was, um, yeah, so uh, we've got um, people in a Presbyterian kind of background and, um, yeah, folks with a more kind of charismatic leaning and stuff. So mm. it, it, it's a broad, broad spectrum, yeah. I think, I would say, yeah. Yeah. Are you from... Similar musical backgrounds or different as well? Uh, different, different, I would say, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's hard to hard to say exactly because everyone's got their own kind of tastes. But like, mm. 
Gus, who is our bass player in the band, he uh, does a lot of jazz. Um, he went to the same uh, university course as me, actually, but just a lot later because mm-hmm. I'm old and he's not. <laughs> um, but uh, he, I, I kind of did a lot of folk music and he did a lot of jazz and mm-hmm. fusion and he plays in a band called Fat Suit. I don't know if you've come across them, but they're kind of big... Uh, yeah, jazz fusion band wow. here in nice. Glasgow. So he, he does a lot of kind of wild stuff. And um, actually, um, our keyboard player uh, is currently not in the country. He's uh, abroad. He's a missionary. He has moved um, somewhere in the middle of the map up there. I don't know if you can see it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, kind of Caucasus uh, region. And um, he's now a missionary over there, which has been... Um, uh, you know, a real range for us as a band because he is a central part of the band, but um, has his own hymns ministry as well. So he yeah. writes a lot of very kind of strongly folky mm-hmm. Scottish mm-hmm. hymns, oh. does a lot of uh, psalm, uh, you know, paraphrases and things yeah. like that. So he's he's got a different aesthetic with his songs, but they're really great because they just get so much of scripture, get you singing scripture, which yeah. is which it's is really, really brilliant. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. So you guys revamp old hymns as well as writing new ones. Mm-hmm. Why do you think we have a need for that today? I don't know. <laughs> it's I don't not know. a trick question. I, I, know, I know, it's like, do we even have a need for that? Yes, we do. I think we. I think it's good to uh, um, bring old treasures out of the attic, do you know? Mm-hmm. I think there's a... There's a huge amount of stuff um, up there in in that metaphorical (laughs) attic. And there's a lot of junk as well. Do you know, there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't need to be Mm. uh, revisited. But there are some real treasures up there. Um, Mm. Like I was looking at Oh For A Thousand Tongues To Sing. We're singing that at a wedding tomorrow for uh, some friends from my church. And um, Charles Wesley, there's like 19 verses in the original. So like... You know, some of them, there is some junk in there. You know, it's like, no, nah, that wasn't that great. Affair. But there's a lot of brilliant stuff oh, in yeah. there. And I think if you uh, revamp these, you're basically just saying, you're taking them out and dusting them off a wee bit and you're presenting them in a way that is slightly more contemporary that people can kind of experience the beauty of that mm-hmm. uh, old piece of art mm-hmm. in a new way and mm-hmm. I like I like doing that it's not it's not something that is a kind of um, central part of mm-hmm. what the hymns band do I, I try to um, write in a way that um, kind of carries the sensibilities of traditional hymn writing and the same values that they had people like Isaac Watts or Charles Wesley or or, um, Fanny Crosby or whoever Mm -hmm. and I try to channel that and write you know channel that into a contemporary style so our Mm -hmm. recordings our recording style is quite contemporary and Mm -hmm. draws in a lot of different um, musical influences Mm -hmm. like folk and like there's even like a a little bit of hip-hop and electronica and stuff like that and and the production side of things but the the spirit of the writing is very much um folk Mm -hmm. um, melodies and a poetry you Mm -hmm. know that i think is just 
missing from a lot of contemporary yeah yeah contemporary approach these old hymn writers they were they were educated in poetry mm-hmm. you know yeah. like like they in in a way that we're just not you yeah. know our 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 generation i could say that yeah. <laughs> our generation where we weren't raised to appreciate um the english language in the same way that the hymn writers of old were no yeah i th- and i think we must have a much more diminished vocabulary than yes. they had. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and I, I feel I feel sad about that. I feel sad that a lot. I mean, I, re- I love reading older literature anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel sad that a lot of the kind of archaic terminology and, um, you know, all these old words, just nobody uses them anymore mm. or you're not allowed to use them. Mm-hmm. in a contemporary hymn anymore mm-hmm. because not enough people would understand them. I'm yeah. always looking for those words that are kind of on the borderline <laughs> yeah. that I can still use yeah. that yeah. still have value. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's not like... I'm not a traditionalist for the sake of tradition, no. you know. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not thinking, oh, because it's old, therefore it's better. Yeah. Mm-mm. I have, have an attitude that says, you know, it's more classically conservative in that I want to conserve what is valuable yes. um, from the past rather than just thinking that what is new is better all the time. But that's yeah. that's a good outlook. Like the fact that you write new hymns is good as well because we can't just live in the past the whole time. Like it's good no. to draw from the past, but yeah. it's also good to like create for now and for the future. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, I'm I'm when I'm writing I'm always thinking right if this isn't really a song that I think people are going to be able to sing in a hundred years' time, then you know maybe mm-hmm. I need to try a wee bit harder. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not always going to work. You know, there will mm-hmm. be some some uh, times you're writing and um, the style is just there's something about the style which it will just tie it to a particular timeline, and there's yeah. nothing you can do about yeah. that. There's something yeah. about the rhythm of the words or the choice of a melody or something that's just like right that is a mm-hmm. 2010s song or, or whatever mm-hmm. and you know but there are other I think folk music tends to sidestep that I think the kind of yeah. principles of folk yes yeah um do that but yeah and that's why a lot of our good tunes come from this region of the world a lot of the good tune good <laughs> tunes from the old hymns come from the UK in a lot of ways just mm-hmm. because of that style, that folk style of music is just kind of, it really works yep. in a timeless way. Um, and do you know, do you know what it is about folk music that, um, is, makes it memorable? Do you know, have you, is that those? Tell these, us. Right, well, I mean, this, <laughs> this is, this is an interesting thing, right? So, um, I'm not saying this is like the only rules are like it's hard and fast, but folk tunes, tend to f- follow a, f- a fairly strict and predictable pattern yeah. with your kind of A section, your B section. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're writing a hymn, uh, you will it, it goes in a certain direction and it comes to a landing point within that, within a verse, and you have a set number of syllables that correspond to the to the notes being sung um, in general. Mm-hmm. So because of that, because there's this kind of predictable framework within it, um, 
people can uh, learn it quickly and yeah. pick it up quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and with with kind of traditional hymnody, there is verses, you know, a series of verses, if it's just kind of strophic or if there's like a, a verse and a refrain, mm-hmm. um, but there's never a verse and a chorus and a bridge in a traditional yeah. hymn. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you've only got maximum two things to learn. Yeah. And really a verse and a refrain is just really one kind of slightly extended mm-hmm. verse. Mm-hmm. So it's like once you've got that, you, you've you got it down and, mm-hmm. and you can progress. And that's a kind of folk music principle, do you know? It's like mm-hmm. here, is the, here is the framework for the song. Mm-hmm. We're going to lay it out, and then we're going to repeat yeah. it. And I, I just, I just really, I really enjoy that yeah. um, framework. And I don't like writing bridges uh, for songs. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of feel like, I feel like a bridge is an an excuse somewhere to go when the song gets a bit boring. Uh, Do you know? Yeah. And it's just like, well, if if you have to resort to that, yeah. Um, then why not just make the verse and the refrain just that little bit more compelling? Have yeah. something that, that holds you in, even mm. if the melody is the same mm-hmm. and these have something in the lyrics that really mm-hmm. yep. uh, draws you in every mm-hmm. single time. But, you know, that's I'm not criticising <laughs> people who write in a, in a you know contemporary style, but yeah. I think that the verse-chorus-bridge uh, approach is fundamentally... Uh, um, disabling in a way to um, helping people to remember mm-hmm. songs and learn songs. Mm-hmm. So if you have like a really complex melody in your verse mm-hmm. uh, and then there's a chorus and a bridge mm-hmm. for people to learn, that's a lot of that's stuff. A lot, yeah. So as a result, a lot of contemporary worship songs stay around like the same two or three notes. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. you know... And then it just becomes kind of yeah. homogenous and forgettable. And yeah, definitely. Arbitrary. Do you know, like like the melody could go up or it could go down, but it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. With a folk tune, there's this kind of, mm-hmm. that could only go one way, yeah. do you know. There's there's a little bit of arbitrary, you know, okay, we could, we could maybe go up there or go down. You know, if we're on the second, we could go up to the third or go down to the root. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. But... Generally, I think a good folk tune, it just feels like it couldn't go any other way. Do yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. If you changed it at all, it would be less. You know, yeah. that's the kind of goal. I sometimes struggle with um, more contemporary music, particularly Graham Kendrick, actually. But a few of the modern music things, it's partly the rhythm. Sometimes you get these weird syncopated things where mm-hmm. you've got like a, a pause before the next line mm-hmm. and you're like, ah. <laughs> and then sometimes it's just because, so I played a lot of traditional music and when I was younger, I was like, yeah, I really loved it. And so that's just kind of like that structure mm-hmm. ingrained in my brain. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when I'm singing a hymn, I'm like, I don't know this tune, but I can, can guess where it it's going to go. Yeah. But with modern music, I'm just like, I can guess where this is going. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> We're going somewhere well, totally yeah. different. I think you guys are touching on important points here. We are talking about uh, context, right? Yeah. If the context is corporate worship, if it's Sunday singing, I think simplicity and and ease help us not to be caught up in, oh, no, I'm about to sing the wrong note. Yep. 
and more able to focus on what am I actually singing here? What, who, you know, who am I singing to? Like, mm-hmm. what is this I about? You know, there's something to be said for predictability. Yeah. And I know a lot of modern people think that's a bad thing, but actually it's really helpful sometimes. And there's a reason why we gravitate towards things that are more familiar. I think it, I think there is a bit of comfort there. And there's also, like I said, this ability to kind of just relax into what you're doing, which is singing worship to God instead of being like, oh, we're, where are we going to go? Whoops. I don't know. It's like, I don't know what Yes. Yeah. One yeah. thing that um, I, I tend to think about kind of fundamental principles, like mm-hmm. asking the questions like, why does the church exist? What mm. is the church? What is the central thing that we do? How is it defined? And what is music for? What mm. is the purpose of music? Why does it exist? Mm-hmm. So I, I like to kind of think about all of these things mm-hmm. and, you know, use that as the, the basis for deciding on the approach that I'm going to take. So like in my church, I'm involved in training the PA operators mm. um, and also uh, with doing worship band training as well. And one of the kind of fundamental principles that I have is that we are here to communicate um, and we're communicating um, the truth Mm -hmm. of who God is and Mm -hmm. uh, why God is good. You know, the goodness of truth Mm -hmm. is the is the core um, message that we have to communicate. And I think that's what all musicians are doing as well. Mm -hmm. They are identifying something which is a true and good and they are communicating that and making mm. it, making it clear and making it more real to us. Okay. Um, so when you're communicating, you're wanting to avoid distractions, and distractions can be different depending on the context you're yeah, in. Yeah, absolutely. So um, some people will find music that's too loud distracting. Some mm. people f- will find music that's too quiet distracting, mm-hmm. and it just depends on the context and mm-hmm. what people are used to. So. Um, there's a degree of it's not subjectivity, but there's a degree of context that mm-hmm. has to be applied mm-hmm. for the effectiveness of Absolutely. every song. And sometimes, like a simple song, is just what you need. You know, you need something like um, "I have decided to follow Jesus." No turning back. No turning mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not it's not a kind of exalted, mm-hmm. rich theology. Or Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me yeah. so. It's like. That's such a, a a great thing to sing at yeah. a certain moment, but you know the context just the context matters. has to be yeah. appropriate. Yeah. Well, your heart for the church and 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 aiding in that in that process is 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 really clear. And one of the ways we saw this is that your band actually created and recorded a collection of songs for online church during the lockdown, oh, yeah. um, during the pandemic. So can you tell us a little bit about that and your kind of desire behind uh, providing that for churches? Well, we had no gigs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> no, I mean, there was, there was a kind of real sense that um, uh, the church was struggling Mm-hmm. to kind of adapt to um, being forced to close, mm-hmm. which was a weird thing, do you yeah. know? And I mean, I won't, I won't get into the politics yeah. of, mm-hmm. of of that at all, but um, 
you know, churches were broadcasting to people's homes. Yeah. And you had people who were uh, worship musicians, often amateur worship musicians, being asked to live stream themselves mm-hmm. playing the piano yeah. in, in a kind of studio environment where everybody's listening on their headphones or in their yeah. home hi-fi. And it's like, that's... That's really nerve wracking yeah. if you're doing that because <laughs> your mistakes are on YouTube forever. <laughs> and, you know, um, it's it's kind of, yeah, it's a completely different thing from when you play it live in church. If you make a mistake, it's temporary and it's forgotten about and everyone moves on and, and that's fine. But um, if you like take the line out of a mixing desk, where all the band are plugged in and you, you're you not hearing it in the room with all the nice reverb that, that that's kind of changing your perception of it. You're just hearing this direct feed from the, mm. the microphone. It, you have to be really good in order for yeah. that to kind of sound halfway decent. Now, um, that's that. I'm not saying like, oh yeah, so we sound great whenever we record. <laughs> What you it, do? It, it was it was hard for us to to do that because we were recording in all these separate spaces and mixing it together, and that mm. was a challenge. But you know, I'm sitting here in the studio. I have the technology for that. Mm. I've got cameras and stuff. Mm. We were able to film. My wife sings in my worship band, mm-hmm. and so she was able to sing the harmony lines. Um, and I, the other guys in the band, they had all their own setups as well, so they were able to record. Um, we had a bit of trouble with the recording drums actually um because rich didn't have recording kit but we we got it sorted out mm-hmm. and um and in the end i just kind of thought right well a lot the other thing was a lot of churches were like we don't know if we can use pre-recorded stuff mm. without youtube uh, saying oh that's a violation we're going uh, to yeah, yeah. going to stop the stream or yeah people weren't entirely sure about what would happen if they did that if they would get hit with a lawsuit or something mm-hmm. or a fine for doing that or their channel would be shut down or closed um so we were we just said look we're recording these old hymns they're out of copyright we're not registering them with all the collection agencies mm-hmm. you can uh, you can download them from our website and it's it's like two quids mm-hmm. and you've got that video and you can just use that whenever mm-hmm. you want mm-hmm. and folks seem to really like it and mm-hmm. a, a loads of churches around Scotland um, seem to use it a lot yeah. which is good and it was just you had the lyrics and it's nice to see the band along the bottom of the screen as well mm-hmm. so that you can um, connect with what each mm-hmm. instrument is doing and, mm-hmm. and I think also, just if it's the church in Scotland, it's nice to hear Scottish accents yeah. singing. <laughs> you know, it just feels like oh, yeah. we're not we're not just singing the latest Chris Tomlin yeah. Yeah. Uh, record or Hillsong record yeah. or something yeah. like that. You know, it's something to being led as well in mm-hmm. yeah. worship. I yep. think that is maybe where some church band leaders maybe get it a bit wrong. It's mm-hmm professionalism and strong musicianship and all that stuff, just making up words now, that's important. But the congregation needs to be led and to see someone, Mm -hmm. you know, lift their head up and kind of, you know, usher you into the next verse. That's super important. Yes, Um, someone to follow. Yeah, exactly. Um, And that helps as well in in terms of that being comfortable enough to sing through an unfamiliar song even. Yep. 
with so, a, a good yes. leader. And it, again, it's just about eliminating that distraction of not yes. knowing when you're going to be coming in. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. So we, we enjoyed doing that. I enjoyed yeah. singing those hymns, you know, Nothing But The Blood or mm -hmm. um, I just, I love glorious things of the year spoken. Mm -hmm. um, what a brilliant hymn. Mm -hmm. Amazing truths, you know. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what Sam is. Is it Sam 80? nine or something like that I can't remember maybe there, there's a question for your your <laughs> listeners you know, tell us which song I was right. like I was thinking Psalm 122 but that's how pleased and blessed was I yeah well, you don't get, get any two. points for that no <laughs> oh well <laughs> yeah I think it, I think it's around about the 80s it might be in yeah. the 70s but you know maybe someone will Answering the yeah. answers in the comments Someone below. Someone will tell us. Someone will put it straight. <laughs> yes, There's always one. There's always but, yeah. one. But it's um, it's great. I love that tune as well. You know the yeah. um, Austria do, 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 German national it's anthem. Nice. Brilliant. <laughs> so we do talk a lot about music on the show, but we've never actually talked about how these songs are written. So could you mm -hmm. kind of like walk us through how how you do that? Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, um, people write songs in different ways. I know mm -hmm. um, I would tend to, so the process tends to start when I'm reading scripture and I'm thinking about some uh, passage of scripture that I'm trying to distill what the most profound and affecting truth is mm -hmm. within that. So if I'm doing my daily Bible reading and I'll, I'll find something, um, then I'll try and um, distill that into a kind of idea or, or an expression or, or some kind of hook of an idea or, or I try and think about how I might um, explore that idea, like holding it up like a diamond from, and, and viewing it from a different light mm -hmm. uh, angle for... Uh, each verse is like holding it from a different angle or um, mm. stuff. So thinking about the truth, first of all, and then then you start thinking about the kind of the words that are the, the evocative words in, in relation to that truth. Um, and once you've got those... I use, I use software called Master Writer. Have you ever come across this? No. Mm -mm. It's just... It is useful software mm -hmm. you can you can do it um using like just evernote or microsoft word and using the internet but it's got a rhyme dictionary it's got a thesaurus uh, you can record um on it and it's just a useful place to hold all of your songs yeah. together in one place so i use that a lot um and you can get it on your phone and your computer and move it's cloud-based so right. um it's quite handy for that and so i I often just, um, like, a, I was writing at the start of this year. I've, I've stopped doing it now, but at the start of the year, I decided to try and write something um, based on my Bible read-through every day. So, like, if I was reading a couple of chapters, I would choose one of them and try and mm -hmm. write something. And in the first three months, I've, I think I've got, like, a couple of albums worth of the material out of wow. that um, but <laughs> I just amazing. I just realised though that the actual process of curating that is going to take yeah. ages and I was sitting in bed writing as well and because I was doing that without an instrument um, I was 
writing more kind of I was just following more standard, you know, shapes. So I was writing like an eight six eight six syllable mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, kind of count and. Like, there's only so many of those you can write before you're like, oh, no, actually, I need to vary it up a wee bit. And then you need to bring the guitar in and yeah. I don't have a guitar in the bedroom. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, right, OK. I, I So I stopped that and I thought, right, well, at least I've got material to draw on for the next yeah. album and stuff. But that's that's really my process. And then then I'm. it's not just about... Um, I think a lot of uh, writers will... Um, they stop once they find the rhyme. Do you know, it's like, okay. yes, I've got that. And th- it's like you're solving a puzzle and it's like, I've the f- this line is, Lord, I am astounded by your grace. And they think, da-da-da-da-da-da, face. Um, <laughs> so uh, how, can I, how can I get that to rhyme? And it's like, once you've got it to rhyme, that's fine. But then that that's... That's not it, do you know? Mm-hmm. It's not enough to do that in my mm-hmm. book. I'm always looking for what is the best possible way that you can express this idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, the truth what is What is a way to express this idea that makes me, you know, weep when I think mm-hmm. about it? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, once I've, once I've got that, mm-hmm. then you kind of move on. Because there's like a hundred different ways to express an idea mm-hmm. and... In terms of getting things to rhyme and stuff, there's loads of there's loads of words that rhyme, and rhyme is really useful because it helps you kind of it helps things take shape. And I, I do love a rhyme; it helps gives you a landing point mm-hmm. within yeah. the um, verse. It also helps you remember the words you're supposed mm-hmm. to be singing. Um, but it's not just about getting something that happens to rhyme; mm-hmm. it has to be compelling. Yeah, you um, want the thought to be coherent as yeah. well, yes. and not just rhyming for the sake of rhyming. Oh, yes, and our Absolutely. language has changed so much that our old hymns don't even rhyme anymore because oh. we don't speak in that way anymore. So there's also something yeah. called an I rhyme where it looks like it should rhyme, yeah, yes, but it doesn't, yeah, and it's to aid memorization because you look at it yeah. and you think yeah. it looks the same even though it doesn't sound the same. Yeah, yeah that's not an excuse for all of them. Like, Sometimes it's like your accent. And blood. Like yeah. we don't say those. Yes. Well, you know, <laughs> this is just a funny aside. I realized that apparently I, I say the word poor incorrectly and I noticed this when singing a hymn in this country because it's poor. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, poor. You can hear me like poor. <laughs> I like stick out through the congregation. You, know? you, you have to account for accent though. Yeah, yeah. So for yeah, me, yeah. the word been rhymes with the word sin because I would say I've been. I've yeah. been. I've yeah. been. And yeah. then yeah. that rhymes with sin. But for like someone down south, they would say, oh, I've been. Yeah, I've been. Yes. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I suppose that's why you kind of a... It's it's useful to have people singing songs in your own accent as well and yeah, writing songs in absolutely. your accent as well. Absolutely. Um, but I think you're hitting on something important. And, and I think, I don't know why I think of William Cooper. I always think of him. But he was such an excellent, excellent hymn writer and poet that every hymn, not every, but a lot of his hymns not only had great um, uh like they took you on a journey, right? Mm-hmm. It was like, here, I'm going to talk about this theological point and each of my little kind of word pictures that I create are going to be beautiful and mm-hmm. it's going to rhyme yep. and it's going to encourage you and it's going to stick in your brain like that. To do all those things yep. is really, really difficult. And yes. that's why yep. we 
hold him up as one of the greats yes. because and that's he, the craft he did. Of it, yeah. it is. Yeah. It, it's it's maybe easy to rhyme and I say this as someone who doesn't write hymns but it's maybe easy to just say like you said just stick with the rhyme and then walk away mm-hmm. but it's it's not just a song mm-hmm. it's praise to yes. God and also we remember truths about God because of the hymns that we sing yes. you know and if they're not drawing us into the depth of scripture then we could almost have a shallow view yeah. of God. Yes, or, or a, a kind of vague view of God mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. I think about, I think about folks um, who kind of grow up in the church and then drift away, mm. and they've been singing songs um, all that time. And I think, right, well, maybe if they just had a little bit more theology in their songs, uh, stuff that w- would, you know counter the 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 doubts that the devil places and mm-hmm. mm-hmm. in, um, in your mind about God do you know when you articulate something in a precise and compelling way then it becomes a a tool in your hand you know it's it's mm. it's the it's the armor of God it's the the this this um, the sword of the spirit you know and, and the word of yeah. God and um you know these these kind of truths. If you can help people to remember, you know specific ones, even challenging ones. Mm-hmm. You know, um, about you know I've got a song um, called "Lift Your Eyes," mm-hmm. and the chorus uh, is for His arm is mighty and His love is sure. His plan is, uh, um, I can't remember it now. That's terrible. <laughs> his plan is perfect and His victory is true. Uh, his anger is righteous, but his grace is free. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a saviour is is he! And uh, his, you know, singing about his anger mm-hmm. is something that doesn't tend to be sung a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, God's wrath is yeah. very uh, prominent and throughout Scripture. Mm-hmm. Do you know, and to kind of ignore that or downplay it is is damaging. I think mm-hmm. to Christians. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. Yeah. So we've mentioned. I kind of mentioned, but I think we share this, that, that William Cooper is very uh, inspirational to mm-hmm. us. Who is, in terms of hymn writing or even songwriting, is mm-hmm. quite inspirational to you? Do you have one or I a handful? I love Ed Sheeran. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I don't know. Well, uh, it was one of our previous efforts. Eh, so it's apparently Josh Groban watching. Yeah, just, no. <laughs> so, no. We joke. Josh Groban yeah. is one of our listeners. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no... Who I tend to think of when I think of influences is Alexander Pope, mm-hmm. um, who is what 18th century, I think hmm. he wrote. Uh, but he did a translation of uh, Homer's Odyssey and Iliad. I tend to encourage people to like, particularly if if like folks are wanting to become better hymn writers. Yeah. I tend to encourage them to go away and read that because. Wow. Um, uh, he is he is a masterful um, grasp of uh, rhyme, mm-hmm. like so he he um, translated yeah. the the Iliad into rhyming. Uh, is it quadrameter? I can't remember, but it's a iambic quadrab. Uh, um, it's not iambic pentameter. It's iambic quadrameter. I think. Wow. But um, you know, it's just. Every single verse rhymes, every single line rhymes. And 
when you're reading a great big epic poem like that, yeah. it just kind of really changes the way that you think about, you know, yeah. you read it for about 10 minutes and then you go away and then uh, you start rhyming when you see things in your life. It's like, I see the the sill, there is a cup and I must take that, take it up or something. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's yeah. a really bad example. But, no. you know, like <laughs> that, that, you start thinking that way. Yeah. And then when you're doing that, then you don't feel like you've got there just when you happen to hit the rhyme. It's like, okay, no, I can rhyme, but let's try and find a better rhyme all yeah, the time. Yeah. Uh, all the time. Yeah, um, see, there yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I really like Alexander Pope yeah, and yeah. Um, Shakespeare. and wow. um Yeah, in terms of uh, musical influences, I mean, like, yeah, Isaac Watts, mm. um, brilliant, and Charles Wesley and... Mm. Uh, yeah, these these kind of guys are great. Contemporary wise, um, I don't I don't listen to that much uh, contemporary praise and worship mm -hmm, music. Mm -hmm. um, it just, I mean, I think the um, Getty Townend guys have have written some good mm -hmm. hymns, really good oh, hymns. Yeah, like go to see the uh, the dawn, mm -hmm. this brown one. one. Yeah. And Christ alone is great, and um, like they've got they've got a few that are just really uh, helpful um, hymns. I think Stuart Townend has got a really great grasp of lyrics, and yeah. yep. um, Keith Getty has you know he's got some nice he's and he's from that kind of folk melody tradition yeah. as well. I yeah. think he's a very gifted musician, mm -hmm. um, but in terms of. Uh, I don't. I don't know of anyone else that I think consistently. I just love what they're what mm. they're doing. Everything they they churn out is gold. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, there's, I quite like listening to, like in the Christian side of things. I, I quite like listening to, like King's Kaleidoscope or. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I love for King and Country for their right. rhythm. Uh -huh. Like I love their rhythm. Their content sometimes like. <laughs> like, yep. what are you even on about uh -huh. but like the they music itself is very Parton, good yeah. yeah I watched that and I was like what wild but uh, yeah musically Parton, I like yeah I know like I, was, I mean I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah, yeah. if Dolly Parton said I, I want to come and record a song with you Greg uh, so did Dolly Parton just walk in yeah. the room? No, no, that was me. That was me doing a Dolly Parton impression. Yeah, I wouldn't shake a stick at that proposal <laughs> if, if she if she wanted to come through. But that I mean, wild. that's great. I mean, it just sounds like you you have a wide range of influences. Mm -hmm. I mean, from like great classic, you know, poetry mm -hmm. to contemporary folks, and that, I think that comes out in your music. That yeah. it's not. We just play really, we're really good musicians and we just want to show off. No, there actually oh, yeah. is this range of influence I think you can oh, hear in your music. I, I tell you what, I'm not a really good musician, so I can't really <laughs> show off. And that, that, um, that is something I take great comfort in. Um, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm not like, the guys I play in the band with are, mm. you know, the really uh, skillful players and I'm kind of in awe of what they can do. Um, but I'm kind of, uh, I'm you know, running to keep up with them uh, at the best of times. But I I do I, like production wise, I listen to like I listen to a lot of hip hop, I listen mm -hmm. to a lot of um electronica and trance mm -hmm. and vaporwave and mm -hmm. you know just no, I don't uh, even know that one. Uh, right. Oh, it's, it's, it's kinda it's kinda like 
like if you imagine um like dance music that was played in elevators in the 1980s it's, it's kind of like that it just it sounds like it's it's played in an old wonky tape but I, I like kind of like that stuff it's got a nice vibe it just reminds me of um a time of my my youth but I, I, I like I like listening to all that kind of stuff yeah. it's whatever moves me like have you yeah. heard do you know De La Soul at all yeah I love mm -hmm. Delaso. Yeah. I mean, they're they're totally profane and a lot of their <laughs> no, no, no. and stuff. So I'm, I'm not recommending it. It's for, not a recommendation, like, for, but <laughs> for, for folks who who, who do f find it difficult to make that distinction between um, the the art of the music mm. and the the heart and the mm -hmm. the kind of the spirit of of him. Um, but yeah, I just I love some of their their stuff. Um, well, I think if our folks are listening, and this sounds super intriguing, if you've never heard of this band before, you should totally go check them out and hear all these influences in their music. Where's the best place for folks to find you? NewScottishHymns.com NewScottishHymns.com Well, we won't take up much more of your time because we've been here a long time. <laughs> Before the cameras were rolling. It's um, been fun. I've enjoyed it's it. It's been fantastic. And we're going to actually stick around just for a little bit longer to ask you a bonus question. But for our audience who are listening and you are not a subscriber, you're going to have to wait some unknown amount of time to get access to this bonus question. Subscribers get to hear it first. Um, it's going to be so exciting. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. you, you're, you're not going to want to miss this, yeah. uh, unfortunately. <laughs> but thank you so much for your time. We're going to have you stick around for a little bit. It's my pleasure. For all of you, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Bye. Bye.